I ended my TEDx talk with this phrase that if, if I wait for the day when I can tell my kids the previous night that tomorrow I have a early morning flight to Amritsar, I'll go to the Golden Temple, Matha Tekungi Vaha, I'll go to Vaga, go to Lahore, do my shopping at Liberty Market, meet my friends for lunch, go to Andaz, pick up the biryani, carry it home and have it with my family in Gurgaon in India. Oh, yeah, this is a that. day that's, I dream that's of. That's, that's the yeah. mission state. Yeah. <laughs> and it can be done in a day. The, all of it. Unless you're riding the train, then it can't be done in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the next episode of 883 to Infinity. Your hosts, Omer and Subir, are here chatting with a very interesting guest on today's podcast. Manisha Baswani is a painter based in Gurgaon, India. She also writes occasionally. Apart from her practice as a painter, Manisha has also been working on an ongoing photography project called Artists Through the Lens for the last 20 years. The project focuses on photographing the Indian and Pakistani artists in their studios and creative spaces. This rather exhaustive archive has been shown by the Devi Foundation in 2012 as their solo project at the India Art Fair and at the Kochi Biennale by the Kiran Nadar Museum and supported by Saffron Art Foundation in 2014. As an extension of the artist through the lens, uh, this is another project in the partition of India called Postcards from Home. Both her parents uh, came to India from Pakistan in 1947 uh, when we went through partition. To date, they still recall the love, the, the, the love that they had for their home lost. This emotion was actually the seed that grew into the partition project. This, the project traverses the borders and brings home the artist's photograph. The project comprises of 47 artists from both sides of the border uh, who have a shared connection with pre-partition India. All photographed by Manisha in their own creative spaces. They write at what tugs at the heart and they reminisce about this. Postcards from Hole has recently been shown at the Lahore Biennale in March 2018 and Kochi Biennale 2018 as invited collaborators. The Kiran Nadar Museum sponsored her showing at both venues. It was also shown at the India Art Fair as a special project by Gallery Easters. So here we go. Why don't you tell us something about you? What's your story? How did you get into art? How did you get into photography? How did you get into painting? What's your story? So um, with uh, both parents who came back from from pre-partition pre India, their main aim was to educate my brother and me. I mean, they lost everything. My father's from Sargoda. My mother's from Quetta. My father was around 14 when he came. My mother was eight. And we'll talk later, but they remember everything vividly. The only thing they said is, you know, that's something because everything can go out of your life, but what you carry with you is, is yours. It can't be taken away. So, um, Yes, we were uh, given all the facilities uh, a middle-class parent will do to make their children educated. I was sent um, on a French government scholarship at a time where most girls were being asked key, to be married. And my father said, no, she's got a scholarship, so she goes. And, uh, but that was an art. So just to say how art happened, again, I, th I really think I, I do tend to get philosophical and you'll see a lot of that in my conversation today because I feel we can try, we can try, but many times things are meant for us. So karo zarur, if it's meant for us, it'll come to you. If it's not, you know, move on. But in my case, I feel coming from a family where there's no artist, like none whatsoever, right? I happened to be in a school where I had artists as teachers, not, uh, uh, not teachers as teachers. So exactly like you have in Lahore and Karachi, a lot of artists teach art, which we don't have so much in India anymore. What school was that? I was in Delhi Public, Arkepuram, Delhi Public School, Arkepuram. So Delhi. I had three practicing artists who were teaching me and uh, they just felt that I should take up art. And they said, we'll talk to your parents if they would have a problem. And I said, I don't think they'll have a problem. Mm. But my mother did say, Beta kuch aur saath mein kar lo. Mm. do something else along with it. And uh, I look back and I feel it was a very smart decision. I decided to do French. Mm. So in the mornings from seven to nine, I would do French, 9.30 to five, I did art. and. 
it was you know it was kind of a long tough routine but that time you are you have gusto and you just want to go ahead so i finished my bachelor's i finished my masters and then i got a french scholarship to study in france lovely so everything worked the language helped i came back and i think when you leave your country that's when you start really realizing what what it means to you right so i think i came back with a lot of renewed love hmm. uh for india i came back and yeah then i started it's like you know any art you you learn the grammar and then you unlearn it hmm. poetry is not about reading it the right way poetry always brings it you know so art was all of that you do your training and then you unlearn what you've learned and so the process hasn't ended i came back in 91 and uh no 92 and since then i've been painting professionally um photography came into my life again it's 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 beautiful and i keep telling the youngsters with the odd time when i'm given to speak about my practice that how did photography come so i'm not a trained photographer i don't really know the nuances technically of photography but i followed my heart so i have a, a teacher my guru i call him my guru and i feel um it's a very important word which we don't hear often uh, but yes he continues to be one for me and uh, he had um, he's a recluse right and he's every time i would go i would learn something so i started carrying this is way back in actually 93 um uh, so i would carry a dictaphone i'll carry um uh, um a proper movie camera i'll carry a still camera to document him and i realized that i'm probably recreating something in time to come which will be historic which it was not my intention but i just felt here's a man who likes to live within his four walls mm-hmm. and is very content and i'm learning so much i want to give it to the world so that's how it all began and then you i started the, carrying the camera so you were the original Sorry? podcaster carrying your mic around as early as the early <laughs> 90s <laughs> you know i look back and it was that time expensive the thing is every roll of kodak was expensive then to print it oh, yeah. then to do small tapes and i i, I mean i i tell parents young parents and even when a child is doing something just flow with it here my parents not that they were ultra rich but they never said kyun paise kharch rahe ho kyun ja rahe ho it was a lot every trip to him was money you get me because i was spending mm. money and that time it was a lot of money for us of even course. now it is but knowing i might not do anything with it right right so here i am 35 years down with one of the most important archives of mm-hmm. a man who is still doing amazing work he's one the top awards of the country if not the world so but here i have 30 years of archiving him what happened wow. is the process of photographing him made me so comfortable with the camera hmm. that i started carrying it to artist friend studios hmm. just like you know it's chalo lunch pe ja rahe tere tere ghar i'm coming carrying a camera right then my friend started saying i have a catalog coming up for my show can i use your photograph of me nice it all began wow. as simply as that right and um, i became very comfortable with the idea my friends became comfortable then artists artists i don't know would say okay i'm coming to delhi would you like to photograph me because wow. it was self funded <laughs> right so so that's how the archive was built right and, and um, what happened is the pakistan archive actually right. because i had a solo at sanat gallery in karachi right and um, zishan mohammed the curator of the karachi bienal is a very dear friend i've known him for many many years when he used to come to india so zishan had said whenever you are ready i would like to show you in pakistan so right. i said zishan i'm ready so he brought me to <laughs> karachi and i told him that i want to photograph pakistani artists in their studios how lovely and really umair there was no there was no agenda i've never had an agenda i just do it hmm. i'm going on and on but let me because there's a connect sure. to it so absolutely. you might interject me when you want to ask me something absolutely but when i went to the pakistani artist so here i was having a solo of my paintings and then by afternoon i would go visit studios with friends from pakistan karachi and there i started hearing the stories i hear from my parents and that's when i realized so my parents always spoke about uh, pakistan as home of course even now they call of it course. home absolutely and I'm... they would say in our home we used to so when they say at our home we used to do this it's understood that's home hmm 
so there's no border in their mind sure. and and uh, this is uh, people who have come back having faced so much right mm. they could be bitter but i have never seen heard bitterness in them they recognize it as the men. they recognize it as the home that they were born in their birth home yeah yeah that's it yeah, the, the, the no... distance in their mind is is, is temporal it's just an, another era not necessarily direct that yeah absolutely and and considering i feel considering they face so much they they saw death so much death um they saw um how do i put it they saw death from people they didn't know and they were being saved by people they knew you know it's always the same on both sides you know Absolutely. and uh, so i felt and i realized how precious it was when i went to the other side i heard the same stories from my friends parents who would meet me and even some senior artists who were from india mm. and they just spoke about india with that kind of love mm. and i said to myself that i am lucky to visit the other side right not many people are right. so i see the side which people are not seeing correct and it's a very beautiful sight apart from the love you both spoke about that love you get there you you don't umer we can't reciprocate the hospitality of no pakistanis way. not at all it's that mai ghabrati hu ki wo aayenge to mai kaise karungi because hum logon ke paas ya pata nahi shayad pyar nahi hai ya time nahi hai i tell them i can't do it uh, my experiences differ with that so i i visited india in 2008 so i i saw the same sort of love that you're speaking about but you know we would be a little extra cautious like somewhere we we wouldn't you know go out shouting in pakistan say you know so thodi se hum naive bhi the uh but then you know people would pick it up inadvertently and people would give us the the, the royal treatment so yeah well hamare paas to pav bhaji to hai at least really Manisha, we'll chat more about your your travel to Pakistan, but before we come to that, you know, just want to cover a couple of uh, you know tenets uh, from your background. Of course, you spoke about the fact that both your parents were from undivided India, you know, from their home that they recognized to be in Pakistan. Uh, what were the stories that they told you while growing up? I think that'll you know serve to be some nice context for our listeners. Mm-hmm. They always so for my father, he he lived in a village which was primarily which had Muslim um, residents. so he there were two families which were hindus so he his friends were all muslims so he tells me about wo baaz ko kaise pakadte the baaz ko pakadne ka ek tarika hota hai so um then wahan jo murghe ki ladaiyan hoti hain it's okay to speak in hindi also absolutely so, any language that you are comfortable in so murghe ki ladaiyan kaise hoti thi right okay <laughs> um then also uh, uh how he but beautiful story about a, a friend of his whose father was an inspector they took his gun and went out and when they came back bahut daant peeti that how could you take my gun so the inspector <laughs> came to my father's my dada's house very beautiful stories but primarily about the food oh yeah about the love there's always food is always a very big thing because it's a it's very sensor you know how do you put it it has it takes you back to a memory it has Absolutely. associated with memory right yeah nostalgia and uh, and even the language i mean certain things i hear from my father which sometimes i hear here and it takes me back certain words like vanjvesi tre you know you don't hear them in in india at all unless mm. you know these people are from there you know so um, he would speak in not in punjabi so much my dadi used to speak in punjabi but he would tell us about um, his friends there um how they would walk miles just to the school and petai hoti thi jab unko knuckles pe they used to put with rulers very sweet stories which any child would you know yeah uh, but as i said it was uh, it was uh, it was primarily a muslim village and how there's one beautiful story of my grandfather his name uh, was karamchan he was a trader aur unke naam pe trade hoti thi sargoda ke aas paas so he lost all his money so this young lady a muslim lady came with all her jewels and put it took that potli that cloth which had the jewels and gave it to my grandfather who was sitting on a charpai a manji and she said karmaya means karamchand karmaya tu e le le paise banange <laughs> 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 <laughs>
if you make money give it to me if not take oh, it wow. oh wow this so this sounds like stories. a story like a this sounds like a segment from a film or something <laughs> it ah. really does it yeah. really does and uh, he was young he was around um, i think 30 my grandfather so such beautiful stories uh, my grand my mother is from quetta and her father was a dsp quetta of police Okay. But he lost his first family in the Quetta earthquake. He lost everyone, oh. actually everyone. His first wife, his kids, except the dog. So he married my nani, <laughs> and she tells me about Quetta. And uh, when I I googled uh, Port Sandeman, actually she stayed in Port Sandeman, Fort Sandeman, sorry, Fort Sandeman, and it now is they have a new name to it. i forget what the name is so she i googled the area and she saw certain sites and she just broke down you know so very beautiful um, stories about uh, unke um, garden mein dry fruits hote the because it was um, mm. it was the weather was such you know chilgoze and figs and all that and she had uh, a very big lawn which had lots of which had Deer, rabbits, parrots, and one fine day she realized all the rabbits have gone. So they had dug a tunnel, like in Shole. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> they had dug a tunnel and escaped. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was their stories, and they continue to tell. I mean, uh, it's not that yeah. uh, I, I, I hear that when I told them recently that I believe the Katasraj Temple is now being open to Hindu pilgrims from India. That's right. Yeah. And then she said, "My nana used to live near the Katasraj Temple, oh, no and he used to go oh. daily for a bath there." So you know, it's uh, every It time you hear nice. something, you ask them, and uh, their memory is very sharp. It's not something they have. Of course. Yeah. So Manisha, to complete your story, Zob, which was formerly known as Fort Sandeman, Zob, yeah, yes, is the city yes. and district capital of the Zob district in the Balochistan province. That's our fun fact yes. for the day, Mel. <laughs> yes, Zob, you're so, right. So Manisha, you decided at a very young age. Your teachers recognized that you know you were artistic in nature and and encouraged you to pursue it. You said your family was also very encouraging and you know uh, and pushed you in the direction. They asked her to keep a backup, right? Of course, yeah, asked yeah, her to but... keep a backup. Like good Desi hmm. parents would. <laughs> yeah, this is this oh, is at least you know we started off with that. <laughs> this is something at least the Indian Pakistani parents share. They're like, okay, fine, ठीक है, मगर वाकई art really okay. Um, better to have something on the side too. हाँ, बिल्कुल. और काम आया. Backup. Of course. Achha, I chose. I look back. I chose the right backup. कि a language which I which I love and which has a country which has art. So actually, yeah, how yeah. it helped? Can I just say, and this is for young, sure. young listeners. I actually took an appointment with the French cultural counselor because they had stopped the scholarship. I just took an appointment. I spoke to her in fluent French, and she said, "Okay, bring your work." I took my work. She bought a work, and she said, "I'm sending you to Paris." Oh wow! So you were literally oh. making your own way. I did. Yeah. I did. So, how lovely! Yeah. How lovely, mm. Manisha. How would you describe your own artistic style, your aesthetic sense? When people ask you about your work, how do you talk about it? I get very confused about myself because there's so much happening every few years in my life. You know, like if you ask me now, I my kids have just one is finished college, one is in twelfth. So my what I say now would be different from what I would have said five years back. So. but that also becomes your practice right the stage at which you are in is what you're also experiencing and it's coming in your work so if you ask me now i feel um, it's it's a sp- space where i feel it's all my time is all to myself which it wasn't for the longest time i feel um, the hours are the days are longer thank god for that and i'm able i'm able to do a lot uh, for myself also i feel i feel the vulnerability of age of my parents they are both in their 80s and touchwood uh, they've been wonderful through covid but i also realize that everything i have of theirs in terms of memory i want to just take it and you know put it in a beautiful space for myself so i'm at that stage where whenever they come home I always record when they have something special. I just have my camera, and it's become a joke. My mother yeah. will say, "Hon shuru kar deta hai tusi," but I just <laughs> love. I just love to record them. I don't know what what I'll do with it, but I didn't know what I'll do with the photographs I took before it became 
the two projects I've done. All I know is that their, their sense of home and their memory is playing a very important uh, part in my practice. And earlier my work was, uh, well, let me just say this, this body of work is more about home. And I never planned to work around that idea, but it's just organically come to me. So whether it's the project Postcards from Home or my current uh, paintings, it's all taking me back to the idea of home. Right. But Ismail, I'd like to probe you a little bit. This is interesting because uh, I, uh, as a photographer, I'm asking you, since this is, like you said, you know, your, your parents are, are also, you know, you whip out your camera, they go here, you go again. Right. So if, imagine if, if uh, recording conversations or recording memories becomes, it has become as ubiquitous as, as it is now, whereby, you know, for example, I have very little, uh, let's say, visual cues to, to understand what my great-grandfather would be like, but probably like three generations down, you know, my uh, descendants will be able to see this podcast and go like, ah, aise baat karta tha, aisa tha, ye uske views mm. de so do you think that takes out some of the, do you think that'll take out some of the magic from, from you know, the way we romanticize, you know, we, we do add our own bits to the stories. That's what mm -hmm. makes them sticky. Of but course. if, let's say if, if 30 years down the line, you know, we have a contact lens that literally captures everything, right? Mm -hmm. So then would, would it still be interesting? Would, you know, generations down like we're speaking about our grandparents and that, their memories? You know, that's for them to say. I think we, I, we move with the times and I for one yeah. definitely want to use, not let go of any moment. Um, yeah. Definitely when I go visit monuments and places, I don't like to photograph much because I want, I want to hmm, go back yeah, and see. Enjoy. Yeah, but this is for me, it's almost selfish. I just want them with me and probably longer and probably even beyond them, right? So yeah. yes, that's possible, but... Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just feel it's a, it's my way of uh, my my uh, my photo album for myself. You know, that's yeah. how how I feel it. That's and how I think it, and yeah. the beauty of a photo album also is that it creates legacy, right? And you know, it's really funny that mm -hmm. you you talk about like Umair, we're both communications professionals, right? We're in the business of mm -hmm. communication, and for us, it's mm -hmm. so important that we are communicating to. And Manisha, sorry for using marketing language here, <laughs> but we're communicating to our target audiences in a language that they understand. Today, right, audiovisual right. is a language that they understand, right? They will, they see this, they hear it, they hear a podcast and it's language or it's a medium. It's not a language, but it's a medium that they understand and they consume, you know, like I find that even with our generation, reading as a hobby has died a natural death. Very few kids our yeah. age actually pick up a book at the end of the day and read three chapters mm -hmm. before going to bed. It's so much easier to put on the TV mm -hmm. and watch something and or listen to mm -hmm. something, you know, while you're subconsciously somewhere else, maybe decompressing from your mm -hmm. entire day. So I guess also, you know, Manisha, like while you're an artist and, you know, maybe a painter in that context and then, you know, photography became, like you said, it became incidental and now you're of course recording right. everything, which was, I think, a byproduct of, you know, your process, to be honest, and it's now become a part yeah. of your art form it's kind of evolutionary yeah. with time right technology gives you tools it gives you skills and that kind of helps everyone evolve their own process their own art hmm. therefore their own art you know their own creative personalities yeah. as well and but it's right you know you're right there is oral history you know but i just see how much do i speak to my sons they don't have the time so yeah. here I, I am i am spending hours with my parents it's a very conscious choice i'm doing but how many of us have time to sit with our parents? A, physically, because they, we are not around and with borders, you know, I mean, we are all in different parts of the world. B, even with our old children. Uh, I mean, to have a meal together once in two, a week is, is big. So, <laughs> so I just feel key. I am using this. Um, I want to keep it to myself. I want to have it. What I do could be the next process. And you know, who knows what technology, I think use the most of technology and let it, let it, the dreaming will not stop. Absolutely. I mean, I do, I do think of uh, what Kuwaita will look like when my friends across the border put photographs, I, I immediately, I'll just see, Achha, ye, aisa hai, yes. you know, you, that, that happens, uh, but let's look uh -huh. at it this way. I, I have more reference points and then I can dream with them. But I have more wow. than what what 
my parents probably had, right? Of course. And also, I think because I'm a practicing creative person, I, I consciously want to take it as a as uh, as material for me. Mm. And I, I and I don't know how it'll come, but I know it'll come in different ways. It won't come as is. Right. So, for example, I'll share with you. It's very early, so I don't want to speak about it. But all the stories of Quetta and Sargoda, I'm actually documenting them in separate diaries, right? Okay. And okay. Uh, I write it, and uh, I sometimes have them. My father doesn't write Hindi; he writes Urdu. Like all parents, they just learned Urdu. Oh, lovely. So my father writes in Urdu something. I, I'd never seen him write till now. I tell him, "Kuch likho up." Hmm. So he writes. And his, it's a beautiful handwriting. And I feel, my God, if I hadn't asked him, I wouldn't have known how my father writes Urdu. Hmm. Yeah. So I make them write a few things about Sargoda. My mother writes in Gurmukhi about Koeta. So uh, those are things they're writing. What I do with it is, is something I will, I will be doing something. But I might not want to share it just now. All I'm saying is I'm gathering all the material through all mediums, oral, uh, written, uh, camera, you know? Audio visual, yeah. yeah. How lovely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Manisha, before we come to... Sorry, Amir, go ahead. I'm just wondering, like, as we've seen content in the world, so, you know, you you'd watch mm. TV when TV was on, but now it's it's on demand, right? It's VOD, video on demand. So this is, I mean, if you capture enough information, at least yeah. for your personal consumption, it becomes memories on demand. So I might not That's have true. time to speak to my kid or to my mom or XYZ, but then I, at least I have these things recorded and I can hear the voice and I can hear the thoughts. It's, it's kind I mean, of I surreal. Imagine if you manage, if you had photographs of a few generations before you, of your family, kitna maza I mean, just think ah, of that. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, as a matter of fact, yeah, uh, which which in Pele, it was. Uh, uh, I, I I saw this tool online uh, that allowed you to upload a picture of, of, of yes. you know picture from long ago, and then I saw that. it's like an AI tool. My heritage, yes. right? and then the first thing I did was like I took somehow I. My grandfather passed away uh, before I was born. So and it just blew his mind. I mean, he's like, and I, that's what I told him, you know, I never had a chance to, I mean, I've seen that one picture or two picture, but you know, these tools like these actually helped me visualize and imagine what a person that's so important to my lineage, to my family, to the way I am, even in my genes. I'm able to visualize them better. I'm able to, Absolutely. so that's why it's this, these sort of uh, projects, especially, you know, the ones that, that document our history, our personal yeah. history, they, yeah. they can change lives. Absolutely. And, and it goes back to the idea of home again. We're all going back home to again. home. Going back. Yes, I, I mentioned somewhere, um, but whenever there's a solar eclipse, Poor things they forget it's not night, but they still go back to the tree to sleep. Mm. Even if the biorhythm is different. Right. So yeah. if animals and birds have that need, imagine how much it is our need to know about our home. And I, I, I asked myself, why do I feel so overwhelmed when I, when I touch the soil on the other side? But I do something. I feel tremendous sense of overwhelm when I, when I go across. It's, course, I can't describe it. No, and jayto, I have nothing to do with it, right? It's my parents' home, but why has it touched me so much? And I'll just say something very beautiful. I was showing this project at the India Art Fair. And this, uh, this lady must be 30 and her parents' were, mother was from Quetta. So I said, come, come, come. My mother's sitting here. You have to meet my mother. She's also from Quetta. And I've been recording people who both in Lahore and in India, whenever I've shown the project, who come to me and say, our family was from the other side. So I take little recordings. Mm. So she said, no, Manisha, I can't give it because I'll cry midway. So I oh. said, that's okay, we'll edit it. So she says, no, I always cry. <laughs> I have nothing to do with partition. I'm 30, but I can't, I can't speak about it without crying. So I said, okay, then cry. So I took her video and she cried. 
it just she said i don't know why wow. it happens so, so that's it it is really special you know the kind of stories you hear from our generation and younger who who are touched they haven't even gone to the other side correct right but what and these stories need to come out because what we hear we, what we hear is 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 not ours it's being told absolutely absolutely and how do we bring these stories on both sides of the border absolutely and i think you know something that omer and i have also been learning slowly and patiently as we talk to more and more people is that it holds a very different place in different people's hearts irrespective of what their connection with the other side of the border is or you know what side of the family came from there or which generation came from there it actually holds a very very different place in people's hearts and as you're rightly saying a lot of the guests that we've you know we've chatted with have not even been God. or don't even have relationships with the other side of the border mm. but i guess also because we're living in such a politically and socially and culturally sensitive environment today that whether you like it or not you know you have a relationship with you know your country and its history and its legacy and yeah. what we call the other side of the border is mm. a, is probably one of the most important parts of the history of you Absolutely. know our land Absolutely. uh and therefore it holds you know such a critical part in uh you know uh, in each of our lives and each of our backgrounds and each of our stories that we have to tell and, and i think that's one of the reasons why you know we started this podcast for these stories to kind of come to life <laughs> yeah yeah it's very important i think we need to have more such spaces of dialogue um whether it and through the arts i think arts is the most uh, malleable effortless art form to reach the heart of of people you know on the subject of uh, art manisha before we come to postcards from home which is of course you know the bulk of our conversation that we'd like to chat about today of course you you segued into postcards from home when you were working on artists through the lens which you spoke about briefly uh, you know which was which was kind of an accidental project but i'm sure you got to meet a bunch of very very interesting artists while you were photographing them so why don't you tell us about some of the really interesting people that you met and photographed and which was your most memorable uh you know experience of photographing someone uh, that really left a uh, impression on your mind so if you if i have to look back i photograph almost 400 artists in their studios both from india and pakistan oh, wow. so it's a very big number um people have asked me how has it influenced your art practice because this another medium and for the longest time i wasn't sure how it had but i look back and i feel one thing definitely that you know we all carry a facade of ourselves to the world we are not completely ourselves when we are meeting people outside but a studio is a very spiritual place of of a human being of a creative person and uh, no artist will be able to have a physical facade in his studio you just shed it even if you have it the studio gives away so much so i feel very privileged to have been able to visit studios of artists not necessarily my favorite either you know uh, but what just it's done to me is a to touch a space which is so beautiful and clean and spiritual b to have to go with less judgment because mm. there are some artists whose work i just don't connect with right, right. but course. i know they are important and it and this is later when i the project became a project mm. earlier i was just doing it with friends For, but i realized i'm yeah for many years it's not 20 years but literally 7 years back probably or 8 years back i felt i should take it forward because i am sitting on something which is really which is a contribution back to um the archive of our history visual archive so i very consciously started calling people saying can i come and because i'm a fellow artist i was the doors were opened very easily sure i chose certain artists who as i said i do not connect with for their visual art form their friends but i did that and that again was beautiful because you you drop your judgment a right and when you go there's always a learning of course undoubtedly you never come back without a learning and right. i think that's where i feel we need to constantly be open to people to places um and even those you know i feel even that at aspect changes certain artists who i didn't connect to i connect to now probably it was my growth which was needed right. to understand them right uh, some of them have become friends and i still tell them nahi samajh raha tera kaam but but i'm able to do that it's beautiful right so i feel um, we start becoming very fossilized in our views in life with age 
And uh, I see it often even in my conversation with my children when they say, why are you saying that? That's mm. not true. And I feel I- I'm doing it because I feel it's right, but I, I think he's right. I am judging very harshly. Mm. So that's one. That's what the studio visits did. And I have many, many beautiful stories. But one is particularly it comes to me, actually two. I'll say one from Pakistan and one from India. First India. One was Bal Chabda. Bal Chabda, again, um, I, I, he comes from pre-partition India and uh, he was very ill and I just felt I have to photograph him. And I'm, I was told Kisi ko mil rahe because he'd lost his wife and he was depressed. So a friend said, just tell him I've sent you know, gajak for him, chikki. So I actually called his home in Bombay. He's in Bombay. And I, I made these trips with my own, you know, uh, limited resources because it's not a funded project. So I, I went to Akbar Padamsi and I told Akbar, I'm going to Bal. He said, he won't talk to you. He won't meet you. He's not taking my calls. I called him from my mobile and I just said, Ki so-and-so, I told him in Punjabi, Ki chikki bheji hai unane. Achha, hmm. aajau. <laughs> I made dash 20 minutes I was at his doorstep oh, wow. and frail man he opened the door and you could see that he's just shut the world to himself and mm. here I was this young artist wanting to meet him so I said this is your chikki I told him in Punjabi I said but I'm just telling you I wasn't saying the truth I have actually come to meet you so then he just said ah, no original kick, clickbait <laughs> uh, yes absolutely <laughs> Anyway, so I went in and he met me for 15 minutes, just 15 minutes. He was uh, standing in front of this painting, which I thought was a Gaitonde, but I wasn't sure. And I said, Balji, uh, kida kam hega? And he said, like he did this and he said, Mere dost ka hai, but I don't remember his name. And it's an iconic Gaitonde work which recently was at one of the auctions hmm. and they carried that photograph because it was his, his possession. So I said, you know, I'm doing this project. Are you comfortable if I take a photograph? Because, you know, I also hmm. felt very, I felt very cheap also that here I am meeting for 15 minutes and asking something of him. Hmm. But hmm. I think just being an artist helps and he knows that I'm not doing it for any kind of, uh, you know, purpose but she's you know, you're driven by a love so he said photo and then he says i'm very tired that hmm. was it 15 and he was gone in a few months you know right and that photograph was when it was published a lot of the elders said that we've never seen bal like this he was just there was no you know no glint in his eyes he was ready to leave the world hmm. Hmm. and the other side was um the sadduk suhail so i was in karachi and the Sadduk, I went to his studio and he had a broken ankle and he was quite the charmer, you know, and he'd come back from London a few years ago and he should, I sat in his studio and I said, I have in Punjabi again, you know, I think that just for me. So I said, yeah, I have a show. A lot of it really does. So I said, I have a show <laughs> in two days in, in the Sanat Gallery, Karachi. To see aoge. So he says, tute hoya hai. You know, my ankle's broken, but I'll come. But I know it's the first floor. He came, he came with a broken ankle. He climbed up and came and he said, I've come just because you're from India. And on the way back, you have to meet me before you go. So I had a very hectic uh, uh, seven days in Karachi, but before going to the airport, I actually dropped in to meet him and he was in his quilt in his bed. He said, I'm not coming out, but uh, I'll, you meet me like this. It was very beautiful. <laughs> and again, these people are known more, no more, you know, to have this kind of love and, and to be able to capture them on my camera. And, and those memories will stay with you for a Absolutely. lifetime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like he, I couldn't ask him because my project idea came later. So I don't know if he had a partition connect. Right. You know, so imagine the world will never know. Yeah. That there was a partition connect. <clears throat> but if it has to come to the surface, it will. I'm sure at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did, why don't you tell us how artists through the lens transition to become postcards from home? Hmm. So as I said, when I went to Pakistan uh, and I started photographing the Pakistani artists, although a lot of my Pakistani friends have come to India to show 
and I have photographed them and they've been part of Artists to the Lens before I officially went to photograph Pakistani artists. Manisha, I'm going to stop you right here. How yeah. do you have friends from Pakistan? I have friends from Pakistan because I visited them in 2006. <laughs> they visited me in okay. 2008. <clears throat> For the longest time, Pakistani artists were showing in India. And when I say longest oh. time, my son is 22. So when uh, I... He was not, he was not even born 20, huh, 23 years back. Yeah, shows bahut hote the. Really? They I were shows. No there's Talha Rathor, there's Talha, there's Imran Qureshi, Aisha Khalid, Zishan came. So last, oh, this, uh, this movement has lessened now, but earlier through Sark, there were many, many artists coming to India. We were not going much, but they were being invited to India. And um, so I, I have... I have had friends for many, many years. Okay. So actually, when wow. I went back to Pakistan, I already was sitting on friendships which have lasted 22 years with some of them. We're getting there. Yeah. We're 15 years in now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I'm I'm 53 myself, so you, you have time. But yeah, absolutely. So, and, and of course, uh, Salima ji, um, I went to Lahore when I was um, expecting my first child. It's a very sweet story. My husband had some work. And he wasn't getting the visa. So I said, let me try Salima ji. So I rang up Salima ji and I said, uh, of course, I didn't know her that well. And she was at that time the NCA principal. And I said, I want to come. And she said, provided you give a talk at NCA. I said, of course I will. So um, that's how it happened. She got my husband and me the visa. It was uh, in 1998. And I went and gave a talk. And some of those people who I didn't know now our friends, because they were part of the audience. They were students that time. But few friends came to, they became friends, those who are, who are my age group. So Imran Aisha actually became my friends from 1998. They, in fact, Salima ji told them that, so they thought like her age, we will be elders coming, you know, <laughs> from the air. So when we right. they had a play card ready and my husband and I entered and the first thing they said, Aap bahut jawan hai. <laughs> <laughs> so so they so they are very dear friends and um, and they're our age. So kafi purani friendships rahiye. Ab or because of postcards nahi ho hai, but jo purani hai, wo kari sal purani hai. Of course. Of course, yeah. understand. Got it. So you you had some friends that you were visiting uh, in Pakistan. Uh, no, so I had a solo in Karachi, which was thanks to Zishan. Because uh, Zishan, I, I have introduced a lot of my Pakistani friends to Indian galleries and some were showing thanks to that introduction. And Zishan felt very obligated. He says, what can I do? show Karachi. I said, Bilkul. So he arranged for that show and um, Abid is heading Sanat Gallery and he was very, very generous in hosting my show. I just said, I'll carry the camera. Just instinct. Course, and so. I think that's that's something I'm beginning to listen to more and more. I'm beginning to listen to the knocks, the soft knocks. I'm beginning to listen to my instinct. Um, not just listen, take the next step. Mm -hmm. So when I had my solo, as I said before that, I met the Sadduk Suhail. I started, I told Zishan, take me to the studios. So I had another friend, Ruhi Ahmed, who again, I knew from the Saak camp 20 years ago. So I met Ruhi after that long, I think. So they took me, they divided their time and I was sent, I was taken to the studios. And the studios gave me story. I mean, I didn't go to hear stories. I went to photograph them for an extension of Artists to the Lens. And I heard the most beautiful stories about India, their home. It didn't strike me there. I came back home and I, it started playing in my mind. And I was telling my parents, inki mami yaha ki hai, inki abai yaha ki hai, ye wo. And then one fine day I said, I have to bring it together. It really was like the penny drop. I, I have to bring it together. So I didn't know how to do it. And I, we talked about technology and I, I've called in my TEDx talk, I've called WhatsApp the six lane highway. Correct, yeah. My entire project has happened on the six lane highway of WhatsApp. <laughs> I didn't need visas, passports. It was that beautiful. Yeah, but I, I'm a little curious, Manisha. So you, you're one of the few guests that we've had on. Uh, from the Indian side, I've had uh, the opportunity to, to visit both Lahore and Karachi. And given that you have 
an artist background and you you aapki uthak baithak artist ke sath hai so i'm just wondering uh, you know i keep hearing once again I, i'm not an artist but i keep hearing that the environment around you the city that you live in you know that has an impact on 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 the sort of the art that you create whether you mm. find your muse whether you find inspiration so how do you how did mm. you like these two cities as cities i'm not talking about inside the inside the confines of the studios that you were visiting mm. but at cities like for example suvir has hasn't had the chance he's he's come visited us in lahore but you know he was supposed to come to karachi you know earlier in this year but obviously corona happened but otherwise also mm. it's it's difficult mm. so so how would you describe the energy the feel is it something that that you feel can can inspire and how does it differ from what you feel back home in india Hmm. So first is the is something which people always say, and I also will add to it that Lahore for me is like Delhi, uh, completely. Okay. That's what that was my growing up years in Delhi. बिल्कुल same है. Karachi is uh, very Bombay. There's no doubt about it, right? Uh, Lahore में for I mean I'll come to the art later, but Lahore में बहुत प्यार है, बहुत प्यार है. So much that you chasni है, you know, jalebi wali chasni. एंड कराची आई फेल्ट वॉज आई वॉन्ट से प्यार नहीं है बहुत है बट लाहौर वॉज देर वॉज पोइट्री इन लाहौर आई फेल्ट पोइजी देर यू नो कराची वॉज वर्क फॉर मी एंड आई वॉज वर्किंग अलॉट बिकॉज आई वॉज शोइंग माई वर्क इन टर्म्स ऑफ आर्ट आई विन आई लाइक Indian art. I feel Pakistani art just now is uh, the younger artists are doing some fantastic work, and I felt the reason is that the senior artists are teachers. They are spending time teaching art. Unfortunately for us, we are, including me, uh, if I have a choice to paint or teach, I'll paint. I won't teach. Right. Um, I don't know how uh, Pakistan has found this amazing visual culture. that some of the most important senior artists are giving time to teach to give back so absolutely. what is what is coming out from the youngsters is absolutely cutting edge and admirable wow. fantastic that's awesome. art that's a great fantastic insight actually art. yeah and um, i think hum logo mein yahan the moment we start doing well we are not giving back hmm and um, I don't know what the reason is. I just wish um, there are channels where the youngsters are able to hear or get guidance. There isn't much. Usually, the reason and, is just a tangled web of greed, no? But I, I feel, uh, you know, okay. I, I want to give another twist to it, Suvir. I just feel sometimes you just follow the system, right? When NC properly was set up, all the wonderful artists said. we have to make our, our visual art scene amazing right mm. so they started getting the youngsters in and it became like a you don't think about it you just go and teach you just go and teach and then you have people like salima ji then they, oh, then she started beacon house and she got more people we don't have those kind of people in the visual arts who are who are heading institutions so our our technology institutions our management institutions are absolutely amazing but our visual institutions lack visual insight correct and that's because we are unable to uh take it give it to the next generation hmm. Hmm. but having said that privately some wonderful things are happening right so for example the kiran nada museum hmm has opened the kiran nada museum also has a school called the shivnadar school where my son goes okay visual culture starts at a very young age and we never went to friend sc- schools to museums my right. parents could know better absolutely right so when school kids are taken for museum visits like we'll get uh, in the diary we'll get a circular tomorrow the kids will be going to the kiranadar museum to spend the day lunch will be given they will be seeing zarina hashmi's retrospective these are ninth class kids कुछ शायद समझ नहीं आएगा बट सो आई फील थैंकफुली द प्राइवेट सेक्टर इज बिगिनिंग टू कम इन दैट स्पेस व्हिच वाज लैकिंग राइट या बट जस्ट नाउ आई थिंक 
something that people with lots of time with the with the luxury of time uh, can enjoy or create what happens when people uh, throw that argument at you how do you respond to that Give, given the countries well, uh, that can i just add the kiranada museum has government school kids before oh, wow. covid happened in a day two school kids two schools were coming every day for wow. studio visits including they would provide material for the kids and i'll just uh, offset it with something very uh, at home with me i have helped two young girls who because i paint and even my husband paints nowadays so they will just come and say didi aap kya kar rahe ho aap mujhe batao so i've given them colors i've given them paper and i feel they feel so happy because expressing themselves and at a larger level umair i think it's not just art it's a visual culture every village mm. every village every woman in the village was very uh, equipped to do the beautiful things of life whether it's making the fulkari whether it's decorating their walls whether it's stitching and putting 10 pieces of you know torn cloth together to make a razai that is a visual culture it's not art schools right. so i feel our our rural folk even now i'm sure in both sides of the border are much more uh, attuned to a visual culture than the middle class indians and pakistanis because they live with it and they're in nature and nature is the great, greatest teacher and they are living through an age old tradition which we kind of have lost so i feel we urban indians and pakistanis are or any urban urban you know people are we are losing out on a visual culture we are discarding it and not replacing it with something which is as beautiful mm. so if i have a fulkari of my grandmother hanging in my house my great grandmother which she made in quetta and i look back and i feel here's this lady who must have toiled hours for two years to make this piece but it gave her you know these are fulfilling activities because they make you very aligned to yourself we are not giving ourselves time to do fulfilling activities which is why society starts crumbling yeah. especially yeah. women when women are in control of themselves they can they can be happy housemakers when women are unable to they're not happy from within agar kahin dukh bhi ho but a woman can take it out in a beautiful piece of embroidery she makes for herself or a, a frock she stitched with an old cloth for her child it is a very uplifting act because it's she she comes nearest to herself so you forget mm. troubles yeah you, it's their little it's studio with them yeah it's therapeutic and karte to sab hai karte to sab hai but ab kya ho gaya that uh, uh, the poor are unable to have access to this because they're in cities that's right. why when they yeah. go back they come back healed they go back home they come back healed because they are back to a tradition which has been going on for years Correct. right manisha i'm sure you know this. your question yeah manisha i'm sure you know this but uh, omar fun fact for you uh, creative dignity in india actually reports that there are over 200 million people in india that are employed by the handicrafts which go down to literally the tier 2 tier 3 towns villages hinterlands of the country and over 200 million people in india today are employed by the handicrafts and those are the you know the, the, that's the culture and those are the art forms that there is a struggle to keep alive so as to bring some dignity to the lives of the creatives that you know channelize legacies worth of experience and expression and aesthetic into their handicraft and their art form and many of which are dying today and don't see the light of day and you know don't get popularized and don't uh, you know leave those uh towns and villages that they are made in for lack of a better word and the love isn't spread anymore and that's the challenge uh, and i'd like to add here i have to give a lot of credit to the government they have they have a ministry of handicraft you know they are working on there are a lot of people also who are working towards craft empowerment 
and uh, they have hearts where uh, a consumer can buy something straight from the craftsman without a middleman you know so it's the more the survives the more a place is uh, is happier i feel when art survives in a city in a city in a country it gives people reason to celebrate to dance you know so but usko jaise baaki deshon mein bahut zyada hai we i mean i realize i heard in germany they've given so much money for post during covid to artists to the creative community when i say artists but we guys don't have money for you know many other projects so the art comes very much later even if we can keep what we have even that is enough just now to start with you know ye ye this is true actually this uh, so we had a actually we had we took on a project for um us aid uh, a couple of years ago and and um, you know our counterpart was this uh, american woman um and she happened to visit interior since so we were doing a bunch of things in interior since and she wasn't to manage to visit there or sindhu ki ek cheez hoti hai rilli i'm not sure if you're familiar with it rilli rilli it's called a rilli ha uh, some people say rilli but in my family it's called a rilli it's like this it's like this you know light blanket sort of thing it's in my bedroom right now also and it's painstakingly handmade so it takes a month and a half to actually make the entire thing so so this 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 uh, our counterpart lian she she goes to a village and roadside she sees this really and she's like this is beautiful i i want to can you she asked my partner can you interpret and can you ask them to i want to purchase it and the woman said you know it's it's an artist you know someone has made this by hand it's not for sale it's only for display she's like i'll play you know name your price <laughs> i will pay it. as city folk as you know people of this modern era we do there must be a price you know hum bhi agency wale log the nahi hamare jo bhi interpreters the ittefaq mein nahi tha wo sindhi chum baaki mein like you know aap jo iski kimat lagaye aur aap dusri banwa lijiye like nahi isko 2 mahine lagte hi humne yahan decoration ke lage you just can't buy it and it completely yeah. blew our mind so we yeah. we do have and that sorts of sort of sensibility some of the mindset that we grew up with uh, especially in this very fast modern urban sort of thing it doesn't translate as well in your right this uh, pride art. this pride is ah. is something which is to bow before you know and this pride <laughs> can only come jab itna hunar hai kaam mein that you don't care this is yeah. you get it from your your heart your mind you know you're fantastic at what you do and it's not about money and craftsmen have it all craftsmen uh, across rare. have it Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm a severe and commercial yeah. people, right? So I, we really, I and we, such sort of, you know, I, when my partner told me this story, I'm like, wow, now that that is ballsy. That's that's yeah. having, you know, understanding your true worth. That you know, Absolutely. whatever throw, whatever you want at me, I, you know, this is this is my thing. I don't want to sell it. That's it. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Nini, but you know, this lady has to go back to the U.S. She can't wait for two months. She wants it. You know, she's appreciating mm-hmm. it. She's like, no, nothing doing. मुझे ब्रश चाहिए था जी आपके पास है मुझे दे सकते हैं क्योंकि मैं वो वहां जयपुर से लाने पड़ते हैं सो ही सर हाँ मैं एक दे सकता हूँ सो आई सर कितने का आप तो ही सिर्फ नहीं आई वोट चार्ज आई सिर्फ मेरे को तो देना पड़ेगा वुड हैव बॉट ही सिर्फ नहीं आप रखिए तो खुद हाथ से बनाते हैं बट ही रिफ्यूज टू चार्ज सो आई एक्चुअली वट आई डिड इज इट वॉज फार अवे फ्रॉम वेर आई लिव सो द नेक्स्ट डे आई हैड अ फ्रेंड गोइंग एंड आई हैव दिस ब्यूटिफुल जैपनीज बोर्ड्स सो आई मैसेज हिम ही वॉज ऑन व्हाट्सएप एंड आई सेड आई एम सेंडिंग यू समथिंग विच यू माइट एंजॉय वर्किंग ऑन इट्स अ जैपनीज मटीरियल दैट ही टुक बट ही डेंट टेक मनी फॉर फॉर अ ब्रश बिकॉज he just didn't associate it with money of course now what i'm saying is it's when you have when we urban people have such interactions that's the learning correct and we i guess that's where the appreciation comes from that's when because ab tumhe fir lagta hai ki now this is such level of how do i what is even the word it's not even just self respect it's what you you can't put money to your to your tool right yeah. and that i thought we'll never get it if you go to a mall to buy that brush or buy it oh, on amazon <laughs> yeah true man manisha i remember you telling us at some point earlier in this hour that 
you know, uh, you started going across the border and you started hearing stories from both sides of the border, from your friends here, from your friends there as well, when you were showing as well in Karachi. And crossing the border, hearing these stories, you said it meant a lot to you. And you said that, you know, uh, you sat back and you wondered why it meant so much to you, right? Because we are not of the generation that had to struggle with partition and we're from the next generation and us actually from the next to next generation. But were you ever able to put your finger on it as it as to why it meant so much to you and why eventually you end up to champion this, you know, are you still champion this cause? I am still championing it in my own way. I don't know why it means. It's just my heart which just says it. And I, I'm someone who listens to my heart. I always have. Um, I am unable to understand why I choke up when I land on that soil. I actually do. So, but some things don't need answers. You just go Absolutely. with the flow. And Absolutely. I do exactly that. <laughs> uh, but I, I do know that uh, I, I, because I'm where I am, uh, so when I showed the project at Kochi Binale, uh, a young team of TEDx researchers came and saw it. And this, I get an email saying, come speak. And I said, wow, I've never thought I'll have a TEDx talk. You know? <laughs> First I said, no, I can't do it. And I, my son said, why can't you do it? You know? So what I'm saying is, these are things which have, and that that has opened certain things. What I'm saying is, when you do something and you're passionate, it's things start moving for you more and more. And like you both came into my, <laughs> uh, my career path or life like this. I think you start doing things and where it takes you. So next year, actually, I for all, you and everyone else, it's 75 years of our partition next year. Correct. That's right. So I just wish we have a lot of such platforms where there is dialogues across the border, physical, virtual. I think um, this generation has so much they can do because there is so much love, but the other side doesn't know there is because we are not oh, able yeah. to visit. That's Absolutely. the only answer. Yeah, 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 we're not yeah, able to is... visit. That's this is something the... that keeps uh, coming yeah. up in our thing. It's like, for example, your project or even our project, our platforms. I mean, the goal is that the platform shouldn't need to exist. It should be, you know, oh, huh. let's over to Severe's for, I don't know, the weekend. But the yeah. fact that we can't do that. So it, home, you, you you talk about the concept of home, right? So it's, some kitchen lock but Manisha, just it's before we before we wrap up, last question for you, you know, you said everything eventually is very, very deep rooted in the idea of home on the ideology of home on the philosophy of home. And, you know, all roads lead back to home. Even this, you know, you got the biryani and eventually you came back to have it with your family in Gurgaon at home. According to you, what is home? So I feel home is not just a physical space of four walls. It's a sum total of all that we are. So for me, home will include Sargoda and Quetta. It'll include my parents' memories. Um, it'll include my two kids and my husband. It'll include the four walls in which I live, but it'll include many other things of which I am. And that can be virtual, which is why when my parents call up, talk about that side and call it home, it's not a physical home. They, it's a home in their heart. So- a Home in their heart. Yes. Yeah. So I think uh, for me, it is all of that. It's not the immediate physical home. It's what I carry in my heart also, which includes my grandparents, my their parents, all that, all that is home. Oh, lovely. Absolutely. That's, and let's hope that these this definition and these ideas and these boundaries of what we call, call home open up very, very quickly and 
it all comes to fruition in terms of everything that we're doing. Manisha, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And uh, we're so, uh, so glad that we could spend this hour with you and you could tell your story to everyone that uh, takes an hour to listen to our podcast every week. Thank you so much. And we wish you all the very best with Postcards from Home to continue for 20 more years. And we see many more stories and, uh, and, and hopefully we meet at some, um, some, at some time and exchange some more stories too. Thank you. Thank you both of you for doing what you are doing. And I hope it, it moves from strength to strength. Absolutely. So where can this, this project that you teased about, when does that drop and when can, how can people find it? How can people experience it? You know, you no, it's ongoing. Before. For me, Umair, see, the postcards from home to ho gaya. So that's of course, it'll, but many other things are brewing in my mind to do with the idea of home post postcards. And that's ah, coming in my immediate practice as a painter. Oh, wow. So those, those, all their memories and everything about their home is, it wasn't entering my, my physically, my painterly practice, but now it's entered. So home has become very important. The, the word, the written word has become very, has entered my visual space. The word Sargoda and Koeta has entered my visual space. So it can come in many ways, which could be my, through my pin drawings, through embroidery, so many other ways. So the home is becoming larger and also more composite. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hopefully when you get the chance again to perhaps visit Karachi, you'll have another home and perhaps I can host you and learn more from yeah. you. <laughs> You're asking for it. I will be there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Isko bhi lete hain, Sabir ko raaste. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not meant to offend or hurt the sentiments of, including, but not limited to any person, dead or alive, religion or ethnic group, community or country. The primary purpose of this podcast is to build a cultural bridge and shed light on the similarities that we share with our friends from across the border.